races Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 35. This is the Elias Sorison podcast. Uh, our king, please bow, everyone. Uh, we, will, we will talk about old Elias. We're going to talk about uh, we're in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Uh, we did it. Some people may not think that's a good thing, but we're going to go with yes, that's a good thing. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of news because Elijah, thankfully, did a podcast to save me because it's been crazy. I was on a flight two podcasts ago, and then I just moved into my house. I think my wife, I wouldn't have been alive if I did a podcast at that point. And we were messing with, messing with Wi-Fi, all that stuff. So, Elijah, you are the man, sir. Thank Thanks. you for uh, taking that. And that was two tremendous podcasts if you haven't listened to it yet. Well, it was, it was like two decent ones that made a tremendous experience. We'll say that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like, at the end of the last pod, you really, like, spiced it up a bit. Yeah, I just went off the rails completely. <laughs> just, like, convinced yeah. myself the moon landing wasn't real. So, uh, at NASA, come yeah. out. Have they? No. Okay. I don't even think they realize that this is out there. <sighs> Damn NASA. We, just, we should just get Steph Curry on the pod. That's next guest. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, he can join... Newcastle in shooting and not always scoring. Well, like, hey, we'll be we'll be on. Do the Nuggets play the Warriors? That's the real thing. If they play the Warriors, <laughs> the weekend of February twenty second, <laughs> Steph yeah. Curry, Warren Barton <laughs> live show. Bam! No, yeah. uh, that sentence has never been said in the world. <laughs> nope, the first time that's ever been said. <laughs> so great segue, February. 22nd to 24th, we are live. CHN Radio is live in Denver, Colorado, a place mm-hmm. where none of us live. Yeah, that's true. And we're going to be chilling with Warren Barton and the yeah. rest of Toon Army America. So, yeah. A lot of trees in Denver is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to make barrels for like age. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So definitely check on that. And we're actually, we'll have another podcast coming up pretty soon with Josh, who's the head of the Mile High Magpies. Um, he's going to give us an update on, on some things. There's been a little venue change, but we'll, we'll get all that to you. That will probably come next week. So cool stuff. All right. So give us a follow at coming home at UFC at CHN underscore radio, uh, coming home, newcastle.com CHN. Radio NUFC at gmail.com, all the above. Super hot fire at you right now. But let's start with the club news. My man, our man, Elias M.F. Sorensen. His his birth given name, Elias M.F. Sorensen. Yeah. Just decided to take a trip down old U23 lane with Denmark's national team. Went to L Tree, the most hated national team in the world. Yeah, I hate L Tree, if you can't tell. Yep. 
And what does he do? Denmark decides, you know what? Let's not start Elias Sorensen. <laughs> let's not start him. That's, that's, let's, let's put better players out there. Well, it, what's it going to be? It's, you know, just after halftime, 0-0. Zero, zero. Let's, let's throw Elias on there now. Maybe he can spark something. Three minutes. Amir, 180 seconds. Goal. Elias M.F. Torrenson. I know clapping on the pod like audio sucks, but I had to do it. Yeah, he had Guys, to. He is he is a beauty, that man, that Danish prince. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is a beauty. And, I mean, I think at this point he's getting bored of playing in U23 games because, like, he's just scoring at will. He's probably just bored out of his mind right now. So is there any first-team action in the future for our prince, our sweet prince? Uh, no. Well, yes, there may be. Because Oxford United and Blackpool are interested in bringing him on, on loan. I don't count that as first team. I was setting that up for you to kind of do that. No, like, I just – I <laughs> nope. <laughs> what happened was, and to be honest, for the sake of – for the sake of uh, – for the uh, – what, what is this? Clarity, I guess, for the sake of – I don't know. But so everyone knows – Greg and I are doing this via video the first time. Usually we just like talk to each other. And, yeah. and, but so I'm sure Greg saw me just looking really confused because I don't know if anyone's familiar with the website, the Chronicle, but we have an article pulled up for the Chronicle. And of course the website just automatically plays these annoying videos into my ear. And I just like died. I was like, what is this man talking? Who's not Greg talking about my loans? Like what is yeah. this guy? Anyway, yeah, those- so I completely missed half of that. Chronicles so trying to get know. paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So Oxford United and Blackpool are interested in bringing him on very smartly on their part because he, he's performed against League One sides. It's just something that he does because League One could be the U23 level. <laughs> I think League One's a little bit better than the PL2. But um, Blackpool is, is actually double dipping a bit because they had Sean Longstaff last year. They've had a few other players on loan from Newcastle as well that have worked out. So I think partnership action. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And they're like Northern England. I mean, they're on the opposite coast, but still not like it's not London or Plymouth (laughs) all the way on the South coast, but yeah, I'm just saying, Hey, Greg. So I'm just throwing a hypothetical out here. Do you think it's more likely Elias Sorensen plays for the Newcastle first team, given our history with, uh, with youth, youth players, like, you know, a consistent player for the first team. We'll say that. Okay. Uh, or do you think he's likely sold before that even happens? <laughs> I don't oh. – oh. I don't know. This is tough. I think I'm going to go with – I'm going to go that he will be a consistent player with the U20 – with uh, the senior team. Okay. Because uh, – yeah. He's he's free. True. That is yeah. <laughs> he's he, we don't have to pay for him. <laughs> yes. We yeah, already we why. already pay him. Um here's- and under Ashley's ownership we had Andy Carroll, um, yeah. who was also free, and then he made a ton of profit after that. So yeah. I, I was just basing it kind of off of that that it could be another Andy Carroll situation. Yeah. I don't think that Newcastle going up on them. But, you know, I am seeing something interesting that's happened with a couple – and this is like – this is we're getting an MLS talk, which is just different. But um, 
Atlanta United are they are trendsetters per se, and so they've done this thing where they've brought in like like U twenty three standouts or like uh, like young prospects from England. And so the the first one was like Anthony Walker, who is um, a Tottenham guy who ended up going back to Tottenham after he was done with Atlanta United, played really well for Atlanta United as a right back, blah, blah, blah. And now he's playing in League One somewhere. And, and they've just done it again. They signed another guy from Watford in their academy who's, like, one of their best – he won, like, Watford Young Player of the Year last year. He's, like, really good. And they straight up bought him. And he's, like, so you're a saying, Are you getting that that Atlanta United is going to sign Elias Sorensen? I'm not saying Atlanta United will, but I – I'm not putting it past other clubs to start poaching Premier League youth systems, like youth teams, before um, they before they like, I don't know, before they become big. Especially looking at clubs like Watford or Newcastle or West Ham, who like just don't have good academies, and in the, yeah. or, consi- or, produ- or their academies produce consistent products, just because of the sheer fact that like they can't just go out and buy young, like Mexican prospects or young South American prospects who are like 16 and fly them to Chelsea and have them stay in their academy for years or whatever. Anyway, yeah. but that's beside the point. I don't know. I'm just saying it's possible. I personally think that Sorensen's probably going to play Newcastle first team next season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he deserves it now, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, I don't I, know. He you, deserves also, it now, but it won't happen until next season. It will also be really, on, um, really interesting with Brexit happening if there's going to be like a a limit on foreign players in the premier league via like green card or it's not a green card in england but a visa situation um because that could be something of note because pretty sure Sorensen is i don't think he's a citizen but he's been there for a while yeah yeah i think it's one of those situations where he probably has some sort of permit already maybe i don't know yeah but you know that hey, we don't know. Especially yeah. since they just had a big vote that meant something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we Americans don't care about other politics. We only care about our president serving hamburgers at the White House. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. <sighs> All right. So, um, Kenny Lala, my man's. Yeah. My man. um, We've talked about a lot. Yeah, we have, and he's like. He's like another – he's like DeAndre Yedlin in a way that his hairstyle changes a lot. So, mm. I, like, I like Kenny Lala. But uh, what news do you have for him? Well, the, the big news <laughs> surrounding him is that he's, he's now you relevant. never guess this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're interested. We're linked to him once again. <laughs> and uh, I, guess, I guess now there's – so there's, there's been like r- talks of an offer, not by Newcastle, of course. That would be ridiculous. Um, but uh, – but for our Real Batiste, they they have they're apparently they they're getting ready to prepare a seven million pound offer for for Kenny, and it seems as if at the same time that this this club is writing an offer, there have been more and more reports out of 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 France praising how good of a fit Kenny Lala is would be for for multiple teams and how good of a consistent. Uh, fullback he is and how he's one of the most consistent fullbacks in league one which is which is true he's very good so um, that's honestly the only big thing I guess if Newcastle want a shot at this they have to make an offer at some point Um, you would imagine that Strasburg's probably not going to want to sell him for anything like too low but they are in a situation where they kind of need to get something for him because it's likely that he 
we'll just walk away from them in the in the summer because he's on well, his last six months of his contract. So yeah, and Strasburg is in a unique situation too, where their owner isn't absolutely loaded. The current owner of the club bought the team for one euro, just as a a note. <laughs> um, and one one euro—that's literally how much Strasburg was sold for. Um, but they were also they went from the top tier all the way down to the fifth tier, and then this owner's bought them all the way back up. So it's not like he's just a businessman who is born and raised in Strasbourg wanted to get them back, and he's done that. But the owner's by no means like wealthy. He's not a billionaire like Mike Ashley. <laughs> Wait, you think <laughs> Mike probably, Ashley has the, the capital? <laughs> yeah, he more. Um, so having a player like Kenny Lala, as you know, you'd want to keep him, but at the same time, this could help build Strasbourg even more by getting more funds in better players. Cause you might be able to sign two good players for this. And they're in seventh place. They're not like, yeah, they're not bad. <laughs> they're bad. So like he, like if anything, he's, I think they're doing the right thing where their, their owner and, and their, uh, their coach of their manager have both said like, he's been a guy that we won't let go for the cheap. Like he's a guy yeah. that's been consistent. He's had his ups, he's had his downs, but when he's had his ups, it's been really good. And yeah, like you said, their owner's in the situation where he doesn't really have the capital of a Mike Ashley. And League One is not like the Premier League where like everyone makes a ton of money at the end of the season. It's not like that. So um, I think one of the things that they might have to pay attention to is the fact that this guy must he might have to be sold simply because they might not be able to even afford a new contract for him. Like he's easily one of the best players on now a probably going to be secure League One side. Um, or league uh, side, um, so he's going to want a little bit of more money than he's his initial contract. Yeah. Um, question for you. Yeah. Would you take Johan goodbye for free? Uh, right ans- answer for you. Um, no. No. Oh yeah. Why? I saw this tweet and it got me thinking about. Uh, it's it's to play devil's advocate, but it got me thinking. Uh, they were talking about um, I don't like you have to consider one. Uh, would you really want Yoan Kabaya after the way he completely dissed Newcastle? His last stint here, where like there was a sniff of interest from Arsenal, and he completely like was like, I don't care about Newcastle anymore, blah blah. blah. And then it's like, would Kabaya even be interested in coming back to Newcastle? And I don't know the answer to either one of those two. So. All right, let me rephrase the question. Would you rather have Johan Gabay as the 10 or IC Perez as the 10? Well, when you put it like that, I'm still going to go, oh, no, Dominic Gabay. Like, okay, so uh, uh, that was easily played devil's advocate. In short, I'd love to have him back. Um, and I think that it's something that um, I would be surprised if the Benitez group isn't considering. Um, I think the Chronicle pointed this out. It doesn't fit Mike Ashley's current mold of, like, players that he would buy because of his age but that's a stupid thing to say because Mike Ashley doesn't care if he's doesn't care about that if the player is coming in on a free like he and Fernandez are both like older quote than Mike Ashley would would like to buy but they were both on freeze so it doesn't matter yeah well I think was Fernandez on a free I don't know no I don't Uh, think so no I he was like a super crap wait I think you're right Key was definitely a free. I think Fernandez was like a. Three oh yeah, Key. Key was yeah, and Share. Fernandez and Share were like under five mil. Yeah, and Share yeah. still. I think Share like low key is probably the best signing for bang for your buck 
in the well, it seems like it's our best signing. Uh, yeah, as a team, you said Premier. I thought you were gonna say as a team. I was like, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, no, but, I mean like Premier League. This yeah, season, that's that's, a brother, that's probably your best signing, though. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I, yeah. I would, I'd be hard pressed to find any other team that signed a Swiss international whose team made the round of sixteen in the World Cup for five million pounds. I, yeah. yeah. I don't, I just, I don't like Shakiri was uh, was on that team too, and he costs way more than that, and he yeah. doesn't play as often, arguably. Yep. Anyway, all right, so we're now going to shift to Lee's flags. Yeah, you may, you may see their displays in the stadium. They kind of shifted or are shifting gears a bit. Uh, you, my dear Elijah, yes, had a great article about that on coming home NUFC or sorry, coming home Newcastle.com. Uh, walk us through that a little bit. Well, the article really is more of just a timeline because no one really knows anything about this new protest group. Um, like. They're going by the name United Against Ashley, which is something that was like a fan vote um, put up by tune polls. But it seems like it's more of a split um, of like some people in Lisa's flags who like think maybe we like they want to start protesting and taking action due to the fact that Lisa's flags have been involved in a couple of incidents over the past couple of weeks that have led them to believe that they are being disrespected by the club. And they they basically believe the only reason they're being disrespected by the club is because Mike Ashley's there and he's created this sort of cancerous it's a really weird claim to be honest I think like it I don't know it but they make this claim that because Mike Ashley is at the club everyone else in the club like his cancerous attitude is like rotten the entire club from the core out so basically a, a couple guys and I really think it's like one of two guys who like run Lisa Swags got offended canceled the season ticket and is like I'm going to start protesting and that's what happened he's got united with Ashley and they're going to be a more radical group um they haven't said it on the surface level but when other people have described them as radical and like tagged them in tweets saying this is a radical group they've done nothing to be like no we're not radical so they claim they're going to be more direct and um they're meeting this weekend and they've got and I guess their two biggest supporters are two pretty radical groups, the London Magpie group, which they did some weird protest stuff earlier in the season that was very questionable. And then um, Tune Poles, which Tune Poles is like probably the most outspoken group against the uh, Magpie group, the original Magpie group, uh, constantly criticizing them and putting up polls to basically further divide the fan base. You could argue Tune Poles is as divisive as the magpie group itself just because they fuel the fire of like making both sides pit against each other but essentially this new group united against ashley um currently has about eight members and they are going to meet before the match this weekend to unveil some sort of protest that's going to be so radical that they can't announce it on twitter beforehand assuming in fear that the the uh that newcastle is going to try to like shut it down so it's it's interesting it's interesting to see where this goes um, I honestly think we're the only people that's written about this because it, it's not small, but it's like there's not really much to write except for to chronicle, you know, what what led to this moment. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's going to be interesting what they do. And I, I even like uh, directly, I DM them on Twitter and I just said, hey, like, you know, we'll sub- I mean, we can't do much over over here in America, but at the end of the day, like as long as you don't divide 
the fan base, like what has been done, like just stay focused on keeping everybody together. And just at the end, the end goal is all the same, but going about it in unique ways will divide people. And that's where protests are no longer effective. Yeah. Even, even though the end goal is the same. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. I think it's going to divide people because if it's going to be as radical as they think it is, there's going to be people who are going to be like, just for the sake of like, cause there's people I think who are like super passive and like, to, and like to do passive things, like just stand outside with banners. And there's people who want, you know, something in the middle, which I guess would be a boycott. And there's people who are like really radical. And I don't know if that's graffiti. I don't know what radical means, but I'm sure that there's yeah. going to be a large I'm, contingent of people that's going to be like, you're damaging our city or you're, you're making fans look bad. You're going to just piss Mike Ashley off more. But I don't think it's going to be to the point. Uh, I think just the idea of a boycott because it's so in the middle divides people like i think yeah. it's not going to divide the fan base like put people against each other i think people are not going to agree with what they are but ultimately nothing's going to happen to um this new protest group so we'll see i'm i'm curious to see what they mean by like direct approach and radical and all that kind of stuff i don't know yeah all right and your next article <laughs> yeah you've been on fire today is yeah. miguel almiron yeah what, what kind of info did you find out here so I was actually speaking to some guys at Dirty South Soccer because I had read something that one of them tweeted about um, a potential blown move, which is a, a thing that was brought up by a staff writer at the MLS that was like a potential possibility to get around the, uh, the designated player slot issue that uh, Atlanta United currently face, which we've detailed in the past. Basically, you can have three designated players on the MLS roster. They have a guy they're, they're bringing in. Apparently, the deal's already done. Money pretty much paid. Um, who's who's Argentinian, Pitti Martinez, and he's slated to come in, and they want to get him in before the window. And so far, it seems like Newcastle have been gambling, per se, and saying, like, hey, we're not going to increase our offer because we know you need to sell Miguel Amiron, and so we're just going to be the only offer on the table, and you're going to have to take it. And I basically wrote this article because there's new, this new information basically saying Atlanta United could essentially just loan out their, their youngest designated player, Ezekiel Barco, who – didn't really have a great first season at Atlanta United and would probably benefit from some time away just to develop. Um, and they could just loan him away and essentially uh, not sell Miguel Marron until, Jan- until June and basically like screw over Newcastle's pursuits of Miguel. In addition to that, there's still the, uh, the possibility that Miguel and uh, Donny Campos are just tired of dealing with Newcastle and move on. And there's the, op- there's the possibility that uh, like another team like West Ham or Real Batiste, or someone like that, Sevilla, swoop in and take Miguel on the run. So just an article detailing that Newcastle are kind of gambling, and the odds are really against them in the situation. And if they were serious about Miguel, which I genuinely think they are, then they should just go ahead and, and cough up the money. Or really Mike Ashley, because um, Dirty South Soccer, their podcast, was talking about it. And um, they've got their sources. And I'm honestly a little shocked that I just started listening to them, because they've they've actually – arguably know more about the Miguel Amaron situation than a lot of the British journalists. Um, they, they even claimed that there was a deal that was pretty much done back in November, but it hinged on Mike Ashley selling the club, which is why he was so hesitant to like, so looking forward to selling the club because the reported, the reported price that they, the apparent price that they had back then was like something that obviously Mike didn't want to pay. And now that we're in January, the club hasn't been sold. Atlanta's like, dude, where's the money? And he's like, I don't want to pay you that much. So anyway, 
Um, yeah, it just seems like a deal could have been done and it should have been done, but it seems like the Newcastle executives that are going over just know that Mike Ashley isn't going to pay above a certain price point and Newcastle refusing to do that could ultimately hurt them. So, um, and, and the big issue is that Atlanta United doesn't really need to make any improvements. Like they can afford to wait till the last minute in order to deal with this because like, regardless they're still one of the best teams in their league. Like they, there's no fear from them that they're going to drop off if a deal doesn't happen. If Newcastle waits to the last minute and continue to hold out, like there's a possibility we just end this window with literally no signings because all of the money that we could have used was tied up in this one deal that we were waiting to get done. So well, literally, I mean, we're halfway through. We have nothing. There's yeah, nothing. so yeah, no, no uh, real solid links or anything. Like Lala is the most solid link I think we've heard. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't submitted a bit, so. No. So we'll run through these kind of quick, um, but they're worth mentioning. Uh, Mike Ashley <laughs> uh, insulted Islam. So we'll just add that to the list of naughty or nice. Uh, there's a very long naughty list. There's Is there a nice list? Um, I think there was a – well, when he bought dinner for the team. He bought them pizza. Remember that? That was nice. And told them oh, yeah. that he wouldn't sell the club. <laughs> so like, is that naughty or I nice? Guess. Who knows? I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just oh, gives me a headache just hearing, just thinking about him. <laughs> um, so that was in said. Dubai, which is like usually where you don't insult. Islam? It was ten years ago, though. You know, yeah, yeah. It was, it was more when, appropriate to insult Islam. 10 years. It was when the government was going to buy Newcastle instead of Manchester City. But yeah, that's, that's fine. You know, good, good job, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing we'll gloss into: Peter Kenyon. Now, it was reported that he had two hundred, but Mike wants three hundred. Now it's being reported that he doesn't even have two hundred. Yeah. And Mike wants to talk at two hundred. So. Like set up a payment plan or something. I'm, I'm shrugging my shoulders and putting my palms up. Like I, you can't see that on an audio podcast, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Makes no sense. <laughs> yep. Um, I just honestly, and then the next thing, I just wanted to get your thoughts. If you had any, give you the opportunity to, to speak on the comments from Rio Ferdinand and Richard Keys. Cause we talked, I talked about them on the last pod. I yeah. was like, hey, I'm sure Greg has some opinion. So if you have an opinion, this is your time to to, sp- to speak. Yeah, yeah, I, I I won't go very far into depth with this, but Rio and Richard Keys are are absolute jokes. And so there's there's a now it's an, a fad, I guess, to be a hot take guy because like at the end of the day, your clicks, your your social media following, what, whatever you can obtain from that Engagement. standpoint. Yeah, your engagement is is your money. And these guys, Rio and Richard, are they're not dumb. They're smart enough to be millionaires. So uh, they they have some intelligence there, but like my thing is like there's a whole hot take thing with sports journalists and I'll just throw them in that sports journalism category. But it's like that to me like the hot takers are essentially like just thirsty sports reporters. Like that's all they are. Like they're like, okay, what do not what do most people not agree with? Okay, let me say that and then get a crazy reaction and make lots of money off of it. And that's literally exactly what they're doing. I, I mean, there's no I mean, I'm I, I refuse to believe there's a sane person that thinks that Rafa Benitez should be paying for transfers. Like there's not a sane person that really thinks that. It's legitimately thirsty 
despicable reporters making a hot take to make money. So, yeah. and that's, that's what it is at the end. Of, if you're like, if you live off of hot takes, you're just, you're literally an attention seeking reporter. That's what you are. There's yeah. no credibility to anything that you say. You just find the least opposing or the most opposing or most opposed viewpoint and then state it as your claim, which is, it's a joke. Yeah. And, and Rio kind of alluded to him doing this because he'd like the next day after thousands of Newcastle fans were just yeah. in his mentions. He was like, he just tweeted out the fishing emojis. And it's just like, dude, come on. But yeah, yeah you're right about the sports thing. And that's why it's really funny because this is like, we're getting into American stuff, but there's an American podcast, Pardon My Take, which is like, we literally created to just make fun of the fact that people have re- ridiculous takes over to make money. And it's literally the number one sports podcast in America. Yeah, because- there's, well, there's actually a Philadelphia podcast. And, and it, it kind of was unfortunate for me because – I respect one of the guy that started this podcast and he's kind of moved into this realm of, Oh, I'm going to be the hot takes man. And they created a podcast about making hot takes. I mean, that's the most, that's the thirstiest thing I've heard. It's called the takes man. And it's like, this is an absolute joke. Like you've completely like you've tarnished your reputation for me because now they're saying like, I mean, they, they pick the most random things like, like, I don't know. Like, what's an example? Like, um, the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. Like, that's a take that they talk. Of. Like, like, oh, it's so obvious. No, it's not obvious. Like, it's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's attention. Yeah. Um, and that's all it is. But yeah, you're right. It, it was attention seeking. But yeah, yeah, there's on a positive note. What's this news about Dubrovka? You've put on our notes. Oh yeah, yeah. He, so this was, I think it was Monday night that it came out. But I just figured I'd mention it. Uh, Dubrovka was he he's had some interest, and in one of the most notable one, which we talked about, was Juventus. Um, but Dubrovka said, "I'm very happy at Newcastle. I love it here, and I'm not planning on leaving in January." So I thought that was just good to mention. You know, sometimes when you're not doing so well, it's nice to hear good news. So that's the good news. <laughs> Now, players have burned us by saying that before, but I, I do generally believe Dubrovka loves it here because yeah. he's, like, he's a hero here. So. He's a legend, club legend. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't um, he like player of the year last year? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I he was, he was I mean, like he Northeast was player of the year for like the whole 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Like, uh, North, Northeast reporters, player of the year. Yeah, no, legend. Yeah. Like, and only was there for a year. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love him. Um, speaking of legends, Real Madrid's Hasselhoff. No. Oh. <laughs> no, let's dive on in. Oh, yes. Um, so let's talk about our FA Cup third round match. Yeah. Now, Newcastle won 4-2, to two, a.k.a. You know, not 90 minutes, but in a few extra, we can definitely beat a championship side. Yeah, we, um, we can, we've scored four goals for the first time this season. Yes, yep. Um, so we'll start with our three words, and then we'll get into the uh, into the match a little bit more. So um, the three words, Trevor starting it off hot, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12 said, Iozzi still shite, in all caps. So um, we'll get to it, but Iozzi scored. And he scored in a way that we think he should be used more often too. So that's another point to point out. Mm. Um, this guy, Elijah... Newsome yeah. said Real Real Madrid's Hasselu, Hasselu the Madrista, Hasselu de Madrid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. 
all of those are true. Like, yeah. Yeah. like what people need to understand, like, all of those are true. <laughs> uh, Mr. Cynical at Dave Logan 3 said, through the ringer. Perfect. Okay. Sir Bobby Knows at Lynn Otago said, Cal Roberts Canny. Also very true. He had a great game. And then Is that British for something? Yeah, just good job. Like really good. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. understand. That they they need Cal Roberts is a person. Yeah, I know Cal Roberts is a person, <laughs> but canny is not a word I've ever like seen anyone use actually. Yeah. He's good. Um and then oh, I just went out of it, <laughs> going back into it. Uh Punxsutawney Thari. <laughs> what is that name? <laughs> He's uh he's commented a bunch of times. Yeah, but I just like every time I see it, I'm just like this is just like a. It seems uh, like he just took all the consonants in the alphabet and just decided yeah. to throw them in one 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 uh one name. Well, he says Roberts before Hosselu, yeah. but I would like to add in Sorensen before anyone. Okay, did you get the one from Columbus? No, <laughs> he he quote tweeted and said Sean oh, yeah. Long Staff. Sean Wait, Long which is, Staff. Which is funny because it's a sexual innuendo. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I just in case the people were wondering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were. We were wondering. <laughs> they were, definitely were. <laughs> All right. So we'll get into the match a little bit. So I'll I'll start off by mentioning just starting lineup. Elijah, if you can go into a little detail on your thoughts there. You you said it would be a rotated side and you were correct. Uh, so we had Woodman, uh, Clark was our captain, and we had Fabian Share, who was at D mid, by the way. Jacob Murphy, Matt Ritchie, Fernandez, Mankio, Hasselu, Sterry, Longstaff, and Callum Roberts were the starters. Um, what's your thoughts on the lineup there? Yeah, uh, so there was uh, Graham Bailey. It's just funny. It was like yes, this is crashing this lineup. I forgot about this. And and like of course, as we all know, Newcastle scored twice within like the first like like twenty minutes. And and of, so that was just funny. But I, I mean, I saw it was rotated, and I didn't really think much of it because like I think I know like I was expecting us to win, but I was expecting it to be ugly or something like that. I don't even remember what I said. But I mean, um, I thought it was nice to see Cal get in there because I really had never seen him play I remember you before I think before Sorensen Cal Roberts and Longstaff were the two guys you would mention the most yeah um, yeah in the slack and stuff and then homeboy who got injured that Sorensen took a spot I don't remember his name yeah Luke Sharman yeah and so um I was interested to finally see him play because I really had never seen him play I'd seen Longstaff play so it was good to see him I didn't really know how he'd be used so it was cool to see because he can kind of do a lot he could play in the midfield, he can play as a winger. He can play up top. So it was cool to see him play. Um, I thought it was nice to see Jamie Sterry get another shot. I think he was criticized a bit. I think a little bit unfairly, considering uh, like okay. he was. It was it was one of his first starts um, last last match against Blackburn. And um, I don't know Matt Ritchie, Jacob Murphy, the usual suspects. Javi Mankio, good for him. Kieran Clark. <laughs> I'm glad that he's still on the team. Just ridiculous center back death that we're, we're able to start Kieran Clark and Federico Fernandez guys who are both former internationals in a yeah. FA round cup tie. So it was cool. And Freddie Woodman. I still, he's looking honestly like less and less of a good goalkeeper every time I see him play, but that's a different story. 
Yeah, yeah. And we touched on this. We touched on this when Sorensen first went on his scoring reign, his scoring route, because Newcastle beat some like like U23 team. Woodman was in goal, and he gave like what three goals or something. Yeah, they won and, like four to three, and yeah. Sorensen had a hat trick. <laughs> and we're like Sorensen had a hat trick, but yeah. it's a little concerning that Freddie Woodman, who's this guy people want to start for the first team, gave yeah. up three goals in a U23 match. <laughs> I remember <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, but yeah, that's my thoughts on lineup. Good, we rotated. Nice to see. Um, and, you know, when you rotate, you hope that you don't get anyone injured. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hope. <laughs> That's the point. So the match started, and it was immediate impact. It was. It started with Cher, actually. So it's his first match with – I think I looked it up, and he did play D-mid somewhere. I, I don't know where, but this is definitely the first time at Newcastle. And uh, so he started at D-mid, and he helped – basically he started the attack. He played the ball forward, and it was Roberts – had a great day he was kind of playing right behind Hoslu not the number 10 but like a nine number nine b um the way because they had four guys and then Hoslu up front but the four were playing pretty close so it wasn't really the number 10 but anyway uh Roberts laid it off the long staff who just smashed it about 20 yards <laughs> away and it took a pretty nasty deflection but it's his first senior goal for Newcastle United my man yeah. Legend. Long staff. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was awesome. You got to love that. You, you got to love it. You got to love it. I love it because he just, like, it takes a lot of balls to just, like, off the get-go, just take a long shot. Yeah, well, and, and it's funny because it was an exact replica of a couple of the goals that he scored when he was on loan to Blackpool. He would just, he's not afraid to lash from very far out. And he'll and he scores. I mean, he had I think he had three goals in League One that were like over twenty yards out, like just absolute blasters. So that's a lot for a kid his age. So pretty cool. So Newcastle started, so you couldn't really see how they were lining up formation wise. Uh, I had the note it was about five minutes in where they were doing a four one four one, and in the beginning it looked like it was a massive struggle for Blackburn. They, I mean, there's no way that they could stop that um murphy seemed to be doing pretty well um richie obviously richie just works his butt off (laughs) um and then it was 19 minutes after that it was the two youngsters it was callum roberts scoring to give newcastle a two nothing lead it was murphy who broke behind blackburn's line he got in there pretty easily it seemed and he and he did i think pretty sure he was on side they showed a couple replays i don't think he was off but he smashed the shot at a pretty tight angle, and Raya parried it, and Murphy picked it up again, and he just like centered a low ball to Roberts, and great finish, and yeah, it was nothing. Just a freaking great finish. Yeah, he hit he hit that thing sweetly. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and going back to to what Roberts does too, that's exactly the type of goals that he scores at the U twenty three level. He primarily plays wing off of Sorensen and those two link up play in U23s it's not even fair um and that and when Robert scores it's like these tap-ins or great finishes from short range that's kind of his sweet spot he's he's I guess has a keen eye on the ball inside the box so I hope that's something that can develop greater as well uh, but we had a few chances I mean Cher was pretty close he he was running towards the front post and he jumped uh, I thought I thought he was about to score. Uh, it was a Richie Cross 
and he hit it over the bar. That was a few minutes after that goal. And then, sure enough, right after that chance, it was Adam Armstrong. Um, so Armstrong, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I, ha I have an article that I wrote, and I've mentioned it before, that he sucks against Premier League opposition. And he's only good in League One or worse. And he hasn't been doing well this year, but, of course, he scores against us. Um, but that made it three local Newcastle players scored to start the match. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there. Good, good awesome. for us. Yeah, I just I, – I think I wrote in Slack that. I was like, of course. Of course he's going to score against us. Like, what other way would it happen? He has two goals this year. But, of course – he gets one against us. Against and us. don't forget, subbed off early in the first round. Yeah, super ineffective in the yeah. first in the first match. Like I've literally until he was subbed off, I forgot he was on the pitch. Like I was <laughs> yeah. like, they, I legitimately like forgot Adam Armstrong was on this team. I was like, oh wait, oh we sold him to this team. Oh yeah. wow, <laughs> oh looks like that one turned out well for us. And then the second goal uh, for Blackburn happened with in in the minute of added time. Um, and it, this this actually this goal con concerns me. So it's Lenahan who jumped over two Newcastle defenders, and just I mean Wood Woodman wasn't gonna save it, I guess. And it's no interest in saving it. <laughs> it was a, immediately two to two, and like that's just annoying. Like don't let a, a club that's fifteenth in the championship, don't let any player in that in that setup jump over two defenders. I don't care if you're like. U18s like you just don't let that happen yeah I don't know I was just that that concerns me a lot <laughs> I think it concerns a lot of people because it's yeah. two regulars well you, I mean, Kieran Clark's not a regular you could you could argue regular yeah yeah you I could mean, argue regular Kieran you could argue Clark Sharon is, was a, is second on our team in goals right now so yeah, yeah definitely argue he's <laughs> second on the team in goals uh Fernandez as well uh was I mean you know yeah, share and Clark all in the area, and it's like, dude, like that's this, that. is, this isn't oh, this isn't Giroud. This is this is some bloke in in uh, in, in in the championship. So yeah, in the bottom of it, bottom yeah. half. Um, all right, so second half came on, and it was Lascelles that came on for Clark, um, and I think that I thought that was kind of a statement in Rafa's eyes that that was completely unacceptable for Clark to get beat like that. But also, um, but yeah. But also, Clark was injured. Yeah, but and that's, allegedly, that's what that's what ended up being said. And I was like, oh well, now well, I now you look good stupid. thing I didn't tweet it out because I I was about to like trash Clark for it, but it turns out he was hurt. Um, yeah. So then um, second half started after that, and we we actually had another chance. Okay, so first it was immediate. That Lascelles got hurt. <laughs> yeah, like um, I have to mention that it so was like, pretty. Oh, it was God. almost comical. Yeah, and like he just stayed in for like ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, and then on top of that, he gets mad when he gets subbed off, and everyone's like, "Dude, like." Well, the reason you could clearly see Lascelles saying, "Don't sub me, I'm fine," but he wasn't at all. Yeah, like there was like it was like pretty much three almost goals that were his fault. Like that Blackbird had, where like he yeah. couldn't get over, he couldn't like lift up his leg to make. He, a block. I mean, he couldn't even run. Yeah, like, and he, he couldn't, couldn't even run. clear the ball. It, like, yeah, there was like three goals and like three almost chances in a row where it's like, dude, like this guy is legitimately like a detriment. Like, you can put anyone in 
and that spot but him, and we're we're better off. Yeah. So LaSalle's so LaSalle's came on in the 40, 46 minute. In the fifty six minute, LaSalle's came off for Isaac Hayden. Um, and then funny thing, Isaac Hayden got hurt. So you know, fun fun stuff in FA Cup replays. You gotta love it. Um, so not a lot happened really. I, well, actually, I, I lied. In the 69th minute, yeah. So, <laughs> um, Isaac Hayden uh, got on the end of a Richie cross at the front post and not, nodded it towards net, and it hit the post, hit the outside of the woodwork, and bounced away. That was unfortunate because, um, you know, hope that he scores there. But at the same time, it's like, I, in my sick way, I'm like, oh, he, he meant to hit the post because he wants to get out of here. He just wants to show somebody that he's actually good. So, like, oh, I'll hit the woodwork, but I don't yeah. really want to help Newcastle. So, <laughs> um, that's my weird thought process. But um, then you started seeing Perez and Atsu started warming up. I made a note of that. I'm looking through all this now. It was, yeah, and that was full time. Yeah, I'll mention that. So, like, I think it was one of these situations where I feel like. Like, the first 20 minutes, Newcastle completely in control. The second, like, yeah. 40-ish minutes, Blackbird's completely in control. And then, like, the last 20 minutes, it's pretty back and forth. Like, no one really was in control. It was basically, like, everyone was just, like, flat out going for it, tired legs, all that stuff. But, yeah, of course. Yeah, Newcastle definitely needed to up the intensity. I, I was going to mention that, and you pretty much nailed that one on the head. Thanks. Um yeah, so we went to the two extra times uh, Newcastle started. The first one was subbing off Callum Roberts and bringing on Perez. Super sub, Iosu Perez. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't much longer. So it was into added time. And, like, w- literally Newcastle had done nothing in the entire 15 minutes of extra time. And then there was two minutes of added put to- towards it. And it was like a... 30-yard, absolute, just destructive, <laughs> like, I don't even know, like, sh- just shot that chair, like, got on, and it just dipped, like, insanely. Like, it was, like, damn, that boy's strong. Yeah. And he, it was parried away, like, surprisingly, because I didn't think – I thought that would break somebody's hand. And Hasselu followed up and – just oh, sorry, Real Madrid's hostile. Yeah, there we does, go. Does does what Real Madrid taught him, and just to follow up the parry and stabbed it into the net. Um, may have been offsides, but doesn't matter. Time, it Ball doesn't matter line. because Real Madrid that wouldn't have been offsides in Real Madrid. So yeah. it's a goal. It's a good goal. Exactly. And Real Madrid's hostile puts Newcastle ahead against Blackburn in the third round replay of the FA Cup. Yes. <laughs> that. <laughs> That yes. that is a sentence. Yes. So and and that was the end of that. That was a halftime whistle. <laughs> uh, right, it's the second half of of extra time. It was pretty much immediate. I thought Newcastle was just going to bunker and, and try to survive, but it was a counter attack. Well, actually, they did start. It was a counter attack, and Hasselu to Richie. Richie played it down the line to Perez, and then he brought the ball into the area and got a shot on a tight angle. Right past the keeper. It was actually a pretty awesome goal. I was going to say, it's a really good goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, super sub. Iosie Perez puts yeah. us up 4-2. to two. 
So we have Real Madrid Tosselu and super sub Iosi Perez doing super sub things. Yeah. And all of a sudden, with 14 minutes to go, we have a two-goal lead, and that's all she wrote. I had a tweet that aged really well. That was like, oh, we're yes. now bringing yes. on Barcelona target Iosi Perez to play <laughs> alongside Real Madrid product Tosselu. And, like, of course, they both score. But yeah. Great. Amazing. Amazing. But um, – Obviously, the match took longer than it should have, but we're in the fourth round, and Graham Bailey and us can now be happy. Yeah, that was such a <laughs> weird flex by Graham Bailey. He replied yeah. to my tweet. I picked them to win the FA Cup. Okay, bro. Cool. Like, he wanted, to, he wanted us to win the FA Cup. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I hope you didn't bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good one. Uh, so, and that gets me to, like, well, I'll start with, I guess I'll start with quotes. Um, Rafa said, we went up 2-0 and then Blackburn did well, but we reacted. So I'm pleased with the effort and the commitment of the players. The young players did well. And the main thing was that everybody was giving 100% for each other. And that is what we did. He also said, um, one thing I want to point out, he said, you wanted to win, you needed to win, and to do it with the character they showed, with the, the reaction, and four goals, young players scoring goals, Hasselu and Iose scoring goals, players who needed to score. That has to be good uh, for the confidence of the team. And I don't have the exact quote, so I'm going to read this a little bit, and then I'll paraphrase what – I remember the quote being, but he said, before this game with the team selection, we have a squad that are trying to get through. And if we can do it the same way in the next round, we will be pleased with that. Pretty much alluding to the fact that like he's going to rotate even in the next round against Watford. But he mentioned, and I can't find this quote for some reason, but he mentioned like, look what happened to Cardiff. Look what happened to Southampton. And they actually lost today when the, the day of us recording this. And um, look at... Huddersfield, and there's a few others in the bottom of the table in the Premier League that were eliminated in first asking. Because, like, you know, he's Rafa gets criticized for these lineups, and he's like, look at every other team around us. They all are out because it's 132 million pounds guaranteed if you stay up, and that's more important than winning an FA Cup, which is way less money. So he was like, I mean, what do you want me to do? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I completely agree. I, I see the point. Um, you don't want to be in this situation, but we can't hide from where we are. Yeah. Uh, I think the only people who disagree are the hot takes. Graham Bailey. Yeah. Like, the like hot takes. Results a lineup for like an FA Cup replay when it's obvious that this team's in a relegation dogfight this weekend. Like, it was, it was just like, this is just to fish for compliments. Yeah. And like the fact that he was like responding to everyone was like, okay, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Um, to get in the stats, our first win in seven tries. Uh, <laughs> and it was our sixth victory in 21 FA Cup games since Mike Ashley took over. 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we won away from home for the first time in the FA Cup since our 2-0 fourth round win at Cheltenham Town. In January of 2006. Mm. Graham Sunis was our manager. Um, Scott Parker scored. Alan Shearer played. Um, And 
In 2006, Sean Longstaff was eight years old. <laughs> oh. Wait, how old is Sean Longstaff? Well, do the math. <laughs> I'm not going to do the math. That's why I asked you. Oh, okay, is he like, what, 21? No, he's like, I think he's 23. Uh, really? but let me check real quick. So he's older than me? Wild. Um, he is. Oh, he's 21. I'm wrong. Yeah. Good. I should have done the math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, him and Read Kyle are 21 years old. So there's that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any fun stats? Um, you said the two fun stats I had. Which were um, uh, I can, we scored four times good, in good an first. FA Cup tie for the first time since January of 08. I think that was uh, Hosselu scored. That was, that's a fun stat. Yeah. Um, the last time we scored four goals in an away match mm. in, in the FA Cup was January of 2002. It was the first time we scored more than two goals this season. <laughs> um, that is so sad. <laughs> uh, Callum Roberts obviously got his first um, start with Newcastle. Um, Sean Longstaff got his um, his first goal. So did Callum, obviously. It was our fastest goal, 56 seconds, since John Joe Selvey at 38 seconds against QPR in the championship. Oh. I have, I have all these stats up right now. So How do, Where do you get all these stats from? Oh, just, just from a myriad of places. Um, wow. Perez collected his third FA Cup goal, thir- uh, which is in 38 competitions. He has three. And it's Hasselu's first goal in this competition, which makes his career total at Newcastle United to seven goals. <laughs> All Real Madrid Hasselu, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, and Christian Atsu was the first ever Newcastle player to appear as a fourth substitute. So congrats. Congrats, Christian Atsu. Good. the first. Fourth substitute in a match that's ever been used for the club. Rich history. Uh, in this club mm-hmm. That's never been done before. All right. So who is your – we'll start with worst player. Oh, this is actually pretty tough. Um, So I think Freddie Woodman is just – I don't – I don't. he didn't get a lot of – he didn't get a lot – I'm sorry. He didn't get a lot of – he didn't get a lot of opportunities to shine, but he's just not good. Um, but realistically, and I, I got some slack on this for Twitter – Jacob Murphy, he he was our highest rated player on like all these different sites, just based on like touches and like from an analytical approach, he's like a very highly rated player. But if you watch the match, there were so many opportunities where Jacob Murphy like was on one on one situations or like um, got a great ball played by someone else like whether it be Cher or Sterry or Mankio had a wonderful ball and just like wasted the opportunity and that was really frustrating because I think it's really I don't even know if it's like a confidence thing it's just frustrating to see because it's like you're given these amazing situations to go out and do something and every single time he disappointed us except for the time he had the assist which was like a shot from an angle that he knew wasn't going to like he wasn't going to score from it was a pretty impossible angle but I'm glad he recycled it and turned it into an assist. But I think that, like, 
he could have been better. And I think that's, I think he's really, I was more upset with him than Freddie, Freddie Woodman. Interesting. Yeah. So are you saying your worst player is Murphy or Woodman? Murphy. Oh, wow. All right. So then I'm going to say Freddie Woodman. Um, I think it was bad distribution. It was just a bad attempt on his part. There's not a lot to say. I I, I just don't think he cut it there. Um, and he had – I think he played good in the first round with him, but in this replay, I just think it was bad. Yeah. Um, best player. Oh, dude, this is tough. <laughs> there, I have to admit, there are a lot of really good players. I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. I think you're going to say two people. Um, but I'll say this. Fabian Cher is a defensive midfielder. I'll take that any day. <laughs> All right. I'm like, that was, I just thought like, I think, I honestly think that he was the most influential player in that entire match. He completely bossed the midfield. He was pretty consistent throughout the match. Um, had to slide back in the center back and still was effective. Played some amazing balls. Um, just was because he's a center back was just winning the ball with without any care. And I think he, he did something that like we don't normally see from Newcastle midfielders and haven't seen this season, which is why I enjoyed this performance so much is that he showed ambition. Like obviously Newcastle were in a position where they're like either, even when we were up by two goals, but when the game was tied, share still like taking these long shots, playing these balls, like, doing things that you would expect like a senior midfielder on your first team to do when like they're, they're in trouble. And this is stuff that we've complained about key, not doing, we've complained about Diame not doing complained about Hayden, not doing even Shelby at times where it's like, if Newcastle seem like they're, they're in a bad spell with possession or something like they don't do anything to try to take over the game or try to, you know, propel Newcastle to a, a different level and share doing things like, taking long shots and continuing to play balls. And that was really nice to see, even if it was against the championship side. And I would like to see Rafa toy this formation a little bit more and, and maybe try out, um, you know, a long staff Shelby lineup with chairs, a defensive midfielder. I don't know. I wouldn't hate that. Just this, like a four, one, four, one, one, wait, four, one, four, yeah, one, four, one, four, one. Okay. Yeah. With, yeah. uh, with Shelby and, and long staff in the midfielder. I don't even care if it's Shelby and Yame. With uh, like shares, like that kind of destroyer, just sweeping things up, playing behind. I think that'd be nice to see. So, um, yeah, I, I'm gonna give it to share. All right, I, I like your share shout out. Now, I'm, I am, I do not like your Murphy slander. So okay. My best player is not who you think. Oh. I love you, Sean Longstaff, and I think you were great, but it's not you and it's not you Callum Roberts you oh. also had a great day um I just want to say Jacob Murphy had three shots one on target six key passes which is the most in the Newcastle match this season I know the competition is is worse than the rest of the teams we played this season um I just want to mention that but my best player you're gonna be shocked Real Madrid's no Hasselu. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you guys. Let me tell you. Just let me break it down for you. Okay. He had the most shots in the entire match. True. Most shots on target in the entire match. Okay. Third in the match in key passes. And triple the amount of aerial duels won than any other player on the pitch. He had nine. No other player had more than three. Real Madrid's Hasselu. Yeah. With a goal. The game winner, mind you. True. 
Newcastle United's best player on the pitch. Yeah. Kind of hurt. That kind of hurt. It, it did hurt you. I, I Can I add something along yeah. players? I just want to say, like, I think Sterry didn't look amazing, but no, there were some insane balls he played that were just yeah. like, so, dude, that were just like, whoa. And it was stuff that, like, I've, like, and definitely there are different types of players, but it's stuff that, like, I've never seen Yedlin play. And I'm just like, oof. Yeah. If, if Sterry could, like, put some things together, that would be interesting to see because, like, some of the, the cross-field switches he made were just like, dang, I did not yeah. know you had that in you. And it wasn't even like that. And playing a good ball really has nothing to do with the, the level of competition. It, to an extent, it does. But, like, some of these balls just where they were placed, it was like, like, you could argue that that was a Premier League quality ball. Yeah. And Sterry, you know, has a lot to work on. You can tell he's raw. I mean, he's the reason why Adam Armstrong scored. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's some raw points to his game for sure. But, yeah, I mean, there's something there. There's something that could develop there. Yeah. He, he is 23, Jamie Sterry. So, um, you'd hope he can get a, a little bit more progression. But um, I hope he hasn't hey, peaked out. Th- but here's the thing is that there was another player who was incredibly raw at, like, 23 and turns out to be a first-team right back for Newcastle. So, it's not impossible. Yeah. Yedlin, like, literally, Yedlin a few years ago – I don't think he would have been a Premier League starter until if he didn't have that stint with Newcastle in the championship. Like, there's you could make a good argument that he wouldn't be, you know, that that impactful of a player. Yeah. No. Um. Sorry if you hear a lot of jingling. It's my dogs. <laughs> They're going crazy right now because they've been in the house all day. So hi, dogs. Um. All right. So let's get into let's look at the Premier League table. Um, we'll get back into that. So we have a big six-pointer coming up because we are in 18th in the top. We're at top of the table in the relegation zone. So congrats, Newcastle. Um, but we were seven points from bottom, which is Huddersfield, and we're one point from Cardiff. Um, with Cardiff and Southampton, we have better goal difference than both, but only by one. Or sorry, no. Yeah. Yeah, only one better goal difference from Southampton and seven goals better than Cardiff. So definitely a big uh, big difference there. But uh, so it's a battle of 17th versus 18th. Um, at the top of the table, Liverpool, which is getting crazy. They have a four-point lead um, on Man City, then Spurs and Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United. Um, Man United is looking pretty good. Five in a row there. Yeah. That's about it. So let's let's get into our match against Cardiff. Um, I'll well, let's talk about the last match, which I don't I don't know how many. Actually, let me look it up right now. Okay, yeah. So we had. Oh, I thought it was more lopsided. Oh yeah, this was the awful game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really bad game. This was the brutal one. Yeah, and. We probably could have won one nothing, and then we had the penalty, <laughs> and Kennedy. It was Kennedy's worst game ever. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I'm, my memory's back now. Um, so zero zero, probably should have won. We didn't. We got a draw. And I, I mean, is there anything else to, to mention here? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like that was that was a terrible match. And yeah, I mean that might be all we need to mention. Yeah, 
I, I will say this. I don't think that, the, that this weekend's match will be that bad because there was a lot of contributing factors to why that match was terrible. Like, we had a heartbreaking loss, like, right before that, and Kennedy had – Kennedy just plays his – literally his worst match in a game where he, like, wanted to be dominant. So it just, like, made it – it was just a – it was ugly. Cause, yeah. Because he was just, like, so bad but wanted so much of the ball to, like, prove himself after having a bad match. And so it just, like – it just didn't bode well. And I think this is – it's different this time um, because I think Newcastle are at a different spot, like, as a team. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, the win, even though it wasn't a first team win, it was still, it's still a good confidence booster to go into this weekend, especially since we'll get into this. A lot of the players who played in that match are going to be playing this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get into that now. So we lost LaSalle's, we lost Clark and Hayden um, are all supposedly injured. Um, we're already short of midfield options. So if Hayden is out, that's going to be a disaster <laughs> because I don't know who else we're going to put in there. So it's going to be Longstaff and, I mean, somebody from the U23. Well, here's um, the thing. So far, we do know that none of the injuries picked up were actually serious injuries. Yeah. So it's possible I'm, that – I'm thinking they're, it's just doubtful because yeah, it's doubtful, yeah. earlier this week. Yeah. Like I, um, I think Hayden could still play, but I don't. I wouldn't put your, your wallet yeah. in it. That didn't make any sense. And another thing to to keep in mind, uh, Key is obviously out along with Muto. They're still away, and Shelby, Diame, and Kennedy are all doubtful as well. Is is Dummett available? Does do we know? Uh, yeah. Uh no, I think he's out. Like, are yeah. they still in Spain? <laughs> <laughs> like has anyone seen <laughs> have they been kidnapped like i feel I like we no should idea. know more about shelby and dummit but all we know is that they're just like doubtful and i yeah. just don't, i don't see pictures of them in training or anything it's just it's just funny like they like went to barcelona to see some specialists and they're just like gone yeah i i have no idea vince uh, carter and dirk Nowitzki did the same thing with knees but it was like over the summer like they just went to germany like at separately and then just like had knee surgery and then have then he came back. Yeah. But they're also uh, like 40. So who knows? <laughs> um, Victor Camarosa, Jazz Richards, Hadeem Harris and Danny Ward. Uh, I don't know if any of them are, they're all technically doubtful. It looks like. So I don't know. So, so give us Elijah, give us your predictions for the lineup here. Oh, that's tough. Um, so normally I would say Newcastle. I don't. I don't know what Newcastle going to do. I wouldn't be shocked if they go with this five in the back formation because the five in the back formation, although it it hasn't really won us a lot of matches recently, it has not looked bad. So I. I yeah. mean, but you're also playing Cardiff at home, so you would hope you don't go five in the back against Cardiff <laughs> at home. But the counter argument is that like Newcastle decently look forward, look good going forward with this like three in the back formation with uh, with Richie and Yedlin pretty much going into the midfield. So it's a it's it's arguable, but I think that we'll end up with something along the lines of uh, Fernandez and uh, I think it'll be Fernandez and Lejeune. Okay, I think Cher's going to get in the, a little bit of rest. Yeah, um, I mean that I makes sense. Oh, well. 
I, I don't, I don't know if, um, well, yeah, you got to play share. I think yeah. he's in form. He's the most informed center back. I mean, so. you might actually play him at center. I mean, at D mid in this, because now I'm oh. thinking about it. I'd love Shelby, it. Diame are both out. If Hayden's out, I mean, what else do you have? What I would, I, like I said, I would love to see the four, one, four, one happen again. And I think yeah. it does happen. You have share in there and you have, uh, sitting ahead of him, Longstaff and Iose playing at that like really weird. Iose playing that weird Cal Roberts yeah. role. Probably Javi Mankiw at left back, uh, Yedlin at right back, um, Richie on the wing. Um, probably Kennedy as well. I don't. Uh, Kennedy's not really in. Is Kennedy doubtful? Uh yeah, he is. Okay. Well, I I feel like I've he had a freak like injury that was like I don't know. It was weird. If Kennedy's not playing, Murphy will probably play. Yeah, and um, we'll we'll learn more about yeah. these statuses. I mean, we're doing this pot a, a little earlier before Rafa's press conference, so Rafa's going to have more updates in a couple of days. But for now, yeah, I think I think it's safe to say that Hayden, Kennedy, Shelby, Diame, Lascelles, and Clark are all doubtful. Yeah, and Rondon's going to start, obviously. But I will say this, and obviously we're getting more into predictions. But I will say this: That's fine. this is a similar. It's going to be a similar match to Blackbird, in the sense of like. I think you need to approach this as if you're not playing. You need to approach this as if, like, this is a championship side. We should be beating them. Yeah. If you're Newcastle. That's that's what I'll say about that. And then you can get into stats. Yeah. Um, yeah, so stats, I, I don't have much. I, I Honestly, there's not a lot of history between the two clubs playing each other. Um, so I really struggled with stats here. So I'll just go on 538. Um, I haven't mentioned them in a while. So 538, they predict each match and then the upcoming season. Um, I have They have Newcastle with a 48% chance to win this match, which is pretty high. Good. Um, oh, that was a weird voice crack. Oh, for you? Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't going to call it out, but since we're here. Um, but Car- So Newcastle has a 48% chance to win, a 29% chance to draw and a 23% chance to lose. So 538 is saying Newcastle is in, in good position to, to get out of the relegation zone here and win. Um, they're still, for the projection, projections for the season, they have us finishing two points above Cardiff, and Cardiff is 18th, we're 17th. So they think, but they think we're a, definitely a better club. But... Um, yeah, that's that's the stat I have for you. So uh, we'll get into predictions. So I'll go first. I'm interested to hear yours here because I think we have a different mindset with this game. Um, I, oh, here's another stat. I had it in my prediction, but I didn't mention it in my stats, but Newcastle have not won their last five Premier League matches. So hmm. there you go. Um, well, you're hoping that this match is going to – we're going to come into this with some confidence. We're at home and we just won an FA Cup match. Regardless who the competition is, you hope that some confidence is now instilled. Yes. And then Cardiff has only won one of their past seven matches in all competitions, and they haven't scored in each of the last three matches. They're trying to sign that non striker um, Emiliano Sala, and that would be a record signing for them, 18 mil. Um, and then they're, I know they're apparently close to him and a goal scorer. I mean, sorry, he, him as their goal scorer. Um, I'm not sure how close that is, but 
I saw a report today that they might have him in and playing before Newcastle. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. So they started the season with seven defeats. They had one draw away from home in the Premier League and seven losses. They are unbeaten in their last two away games. Um, and they have not conceded in that time. But I think because I, I don't I'm not that confident in this match. And even if even it say say they have Emiliano Sala in the lineup, I'm just as confident in this match as if he is not in the lineup. And I think that this will end in another nil-nil draw. Um, no goals, an extremely frustrating, another extremely frustrating home performance for Newcastle United um, with nothing to show for it, just a point. All right, spin zone time. Um, yeah. I think it'll be a 2-1 win, and I think it'll start this string of uh, decent performances because Newcastle did the same thing last year. <laughs> All right, yeah. Like, around this time, it was a pretty – it was a terrible January, if I remember correctly, and then, like, right after we just, like, started rolling through teams. I think it'll be a 2-1 win because I think you have okay. the confidence of all your strikers back. So, Rondon, obviously, still very confident. I think confidence with Hoslo and Iose is something that's, that's, that was needed. And Iose even admit, admitted that there seems to be – like, that win was much needed for the confidence of the team. Yeah. And that – like, it's – I don't know. And I think they're going to they're gonna go out and, and, and go and, and play with a little bit of Ventures. I think – They'll try to get an early goal, like a one a one nil win lead, and then the Cardiff will tie it up, and Newcastle will score again. So I think it'll be two one. But I, like I said, I, like you said, I'm not particularly extremely confident in this. But there's like a lot of factors that are making me more confident than I normally would. Like if this FA Cup yeah. match wasn't this week, I don't think I would have been comf- com- that confident because it was been like another week, and when we just lost last week, so I would be confident this week. So anyway. Yeah, that, right. that's my prediction. Two one. So we're gonna we're gonna hope for your prediction. Um, that's that's the one we're going with. We're not gonna go with mine. Um, so yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the most beautiful segment. Is our questions, mm-hmm. Elijah? Do you know anything about Fubo TV? I do now. Tell us. Well. <laughs> I just threw you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah. For the third podcast in a row, I'll just screw up the Fubo TV. <laughs> um, but essentially, Fubo TV is a streaming uh, platform in which you can watch sports, um, all types of sports, including international sports such as cricket and soccer and American sports like good old basketball, especially of the mm-hmm. college variety, which some may say is better than the NBA. Who knows? It's up to you. And the only way you can figure that out is if you subscribe to Fubo TV with our link and watch all the sports you could possibly watch. Until oh, yeah. NFL, MLB, NBA, MLS, Premier League, any really international soccer, news, network TV series, movies, all at your fingertips. Now, there was one problem that I actually learned about yesterday. Okay. Um, you cannot get Fubo TV if you live outside of the U.S. or Canada. Hmm. So sorry, sorry for our international listeners. Um, sorry to our our boys in the ice. Sorry, I, I'm, I may miss that. Um, we we did miss that, but now at least we know. So. Yeah, we're like ten episodes later. We know, but maybe you know if you're in the U.S. or Canada, you get Fubo TV. You contribute to their growth, then they go overseas. Yeah, it's a win-win. Maybe if you're, maybe if you live in like. 
Alaska. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they nice. should at least expand to Mexico. Oh, yeah. You got to. It's, it's right there. Yeah, it's a huge soccer market, too. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's what the MLS has been trying to tap into for, like, 20 years yeah. now. And I think uh, if we have any Mexico listeners, um, you know, we'll send a little Elias Sorsen over your way. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, let's get into questions. We had, we had two from Trevor. Um, I was really disappointed, guys, with the lack of would you rathers, but we're going to be fine. Uh, yeah, the first it's not going to kill us. Yeah, yeah, it won't. The first one is, hey, Tomarmy, Marmy, would you rather have Greg or Elijah freestyle rap about Newcastle on this podcast? Now, it ended in a 50-50 tie. So we're going to maybe keep that poll open. And you know, let's, maybe, let's keep it open. Maybe have the winner throw a free on the next pod. Oh, just like the old days at the lunch table. Yeah, just like a lunch table freestyle sesh. Oh, yeah. Did, did yeah. the white people do that, Greg? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. We did. Well, yeah. the cool ones. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you have to put that laugh in there. Yeah. Yeah. The cool people. <laughs> All right. Next thing Trevor said was, would you rather have an entire full-size Elias Source in Newcastle kit tattooed on your upper body oh. or – have an enormous 20-foot golden Rafa Benitez statue in your front yard for the rest of your life. Both of these, I'm assuming, are the rest of your life because I don't think you can remove an entire upper body tattoo. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can imagine Ooh, that. Greg, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go. So I have a pretty strict HOA here. So I think I might be ruled out of the statue. Oh, that's I a cop out answer. Out. So therefore, I am going to have an entire upper body tattoo of a Newcastle United jersey with Elias Sorensen's name on the back. And not just his last name, his full name. Elias M.F. Sorensen. Oh, I thought his real name. Okay, M.F. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I was thinking about this too. And it's going to be number nine too. Yeah. Hi, haters. Oh, okay. All right. I love it. Yeah. I was thinking about this too. So there's two there's two things that went two facts that went into this decision. One, um one, Rafa Benitez's legacy is gonna be one that's definitely something that is good. I think overall he'll go down as a good a good manager. What a what a take. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am with the most hot take of the year. Yeah. <laughs> but and and I think a statue of him would look good in any yard. Oh, so is if, yeah and the issue is moving that's issue number one Ooh. moving as you know greg is a bit of a hassle <laughs> i don't know how we would move a 20-foot golden statue to a different yeah house and de- yeah. getting it defaced i mean someone could i mean i would someone could steal it how dare they though? like people's like wreck nativity scenes what if they defaced oh, the okay. statue so oh, that's man. also led me to this decision of the Sorensen tat because not only that, those that that those reasons, but also like the coolest thing in the world is when like like you have like a super cool like full tattoo thing that like everyone wants to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like there like there's a like I forgot who it is. There's like one of the Icelandic players. I think it it might be Sigurdsson. 
Oh, there's like, a lot. They they have some. Oh, I know who you're talking with about the, with the back tat. That's just like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm looking this up right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep, keep talking as I look this up. Essentially, I want that to happen. Where like people are like, oh, Elijah, show him the tat, and you're like, aha, no, 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 bro, it's not appropriate. Where. We're at, we're at a funeral, bro. It's not, no, dude, dude, show us the tat. And you got to like take off your suit, take off your shirt. You're like, oh yeah, dude, I got this tat. No biggie. And they're like, oh, that's so sick, bro. Oh. It's Aaron, Aaron Gunnerson. Oh yeah. Cap- yeah his- he's a captain. That is, yeah, it's probably the coolest tattoo I've ever seen. Yeah. We'll I just I would tweet it out. Just, no context, just a picture of it. And people just like, have to listen epic. to figure it out. How long do you think it took to make that? So, like, I'm, I'm going to try to describe it. You have, I mean, it's this entire back except the lower left and lower right. And there's a, like, a, I, and I'm sorry for our Icelandic listeners uh, because I don't know the historical significance of any of this, but the flag's in the middle. There's an older guy with looks like a, a, like a stick. <laughs> um, I, I told, I'm going to butcher this description, and I'm so sorry. And on the, on the, if you're looking at his back, it's on the right side. All above it is like a dragon thing on both it, sides. It is sick. And there's a bull on the left. It, it's like, you have to see it though. It looks, it's amazing. It's unreal. Well, people can see it because we just tweeted it out. So <laughs> yeah, amazing. with no context, no capture or anything. <laughs> just, we just tweet out this picture of his tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> so people is like, oh, okay. So if you're listening <laughs> to this, just go to our Twitter. And just just look, and we we tweeted it out. Chn <laughs> underscore radio. Yes, there it is for the world to see. Do you have anything else on on this? No. On anything? Uh, I mean, like we could talk about. I don't actually know. I don't have anything. I'm, I'm about to <laughs> All right, put lemon pepper wings in the oven. Yeah, lemon. I um I don't know if you know Elijah, but my wife is about to get kudos on this podcast because she just brought home, and you might not know about this. Uh, but it's an Athens, Georgia staple. There are plenty of them in Vegas for some reason. And it's uh, if any of our listeners went to LSU, you'll definitely know about this. But she just brought home some Raisin Canes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And oh, you I know, know about Raisin Canes. You know about Raisin. Florida. Yeah. Um, we went in Tampa. Oh. I mean, mm. I'm showing Elijah via video right now. Um, so Is that sweet tea? Yeah, that's sweet. Oh, goodness. Mm. (laughs) So I'm about to indulge for dinner tonight. Um, Oh, yeah. It's going to be incredible. So thank you, my wonderful wife. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. We're not going to ask for her prediction because she predicted Newcastle lose. Actually, wait, they won that match. They did. Yeah, ask her to predict us to lose again. Um, It's Newcastle versus Cardiff. Who's going to win? Newcastle's at home. Cardiff is going to win. What's the score going to be? Two to one. Two to one Cardiff, she says. Wow. <laughs> All right. You heard it here, folks. Newcastle will win this weekend. Two to one. <laughs> yeah, you just heard it here. Guaranteed. Newcastle will beat Cardiff now. Yes. <laughs> it is confirmed. <laughs> All right. So we are going to stop from going off the rails like we usually do at the end of these podcasts. But Moon landing was faked. <laughs> throwing that in there. Uh, but if Steph Curry goes to NASA, like you take that, you take yeah. that off. You, you take it, hundred percent. Come on, 
That's it's a no brainer. There's shouldn't even be it shouldn't even be a debate. You should immediately say yes. Period. Oh, okay. One more thing off the rails. Okay. Ben Ben Weiss, our editor. Who, some people who have been fans of the site for a long time may have seen him write stuff in the past. Yeah. He just he just tweeted, like, "Who is Thierry Henry? Okay, now I need a new roommate. That sucks, dude. How did you not know who Thierry Henry is? Like his roommate just didn't know who Thierry Henry was. <laughs> and I and wait. And, so like, I mean, that's. Like that just puts Americans in a bad spot, right? Yeah, there. I'm sorry. I've got one for you. Even worse, there was a girl in my high school named Aureli. I'm I'm name dropping her because I don't care. She doesn't listen to this, and we roast <laughs> her we all the time. She didn't. She like doesn't know like a lot of famous people. Like when Kobe retired, she said like Who is Kobe?" And it was like serious. No. Like, oh my gosh. And like like all of us blocked her on Twitter after that. Yeah. So. Anyway, I will, I'll say actually one more. Okay. Um, London is blue pod tweeted this out that there's, there's some random guy in Houston, uh, sent them a tweet said, I was just walking to lunch on work today and Rob, Roberto DiMatteo just walked past me <laughs> and he was, he was wearing a hat and they actually retweeted the, you can see the picture of it, but it's just this random guy and DiMatteo. <laughs> and he, he said in the tweet, he was like, Roberto said, how did you recognize me? <laughs> like, he's probably walked – like, he's in Houston, Texas. Nobody knows who he yeah. is. Yeah. No one knows who he is. You're except in Texas. for this one guy. <laughs> Texas, where soccer is so far down the totem pole, yeah. I don't think they know that they have soccer teams in Texas. There is a great Latino community there that really does support. But, yeah. like, but it's Dynamo just them. Stuff, but Dynamo, it, San yeah. Antonio FC, and yeah. uh, like uh, FC Dallas. But and now, like, congratulations, Austin. Oh yeah, there's two. There's two soccer teams in Austin now. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, <laughs> everyone really planned that one out well. <laughs> good job, guys. There's two in Atlanta. But well, well is there? Is there? <laughs> <laughs> so right. we're, well, we're gonna leave now. We're, we're gonna. Right. We'll just go on forever. Um, but thank you, everyone. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This is episode 35, miraculously, of CHN Radio, the number one podcast in coming home Newcastle history, powered by SB Nation. Mm. I'm your host, Greg Prosper. That is Elijah Toonsome, who's making some broodsome with some lemon pepper chicken wings. And we out, and away the lads. Just can him do to the railway bridge, the bus will flow off there. The lasses lost the crinolines and the veils that hide their faces. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gammon to blade and razors.
jolly good. There was four and twenty on the busman who the danced and sung. They called on me to sing a song and I sang the paddy singing. I danced a jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. Oh, my God. 